Hello and a big welcome back to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, your online spot where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare. And of course, your guide to what is happening here on the ground in Seoul, South Korea, the home of K-beauty. Uh, Now, I need to give a little apology. This uh, episode of the podcast is obviously a little bit late and we have been a little out of our normal schedule at the moment. Uh, That is 100% my fault. I have been quite busy. We've had uh, a few little things crop up, some of them really exciting. Uh, One that I'm really excited to share with you guys uh, in January, I believe it will be out. Uh, But I had uh, a really fun day yesterday uh, sitting down and talking to uh, an Australian journalist that was visiting Korea, looking into the K-Wave, and he's going to be doing a big uh, story on Korean beauty, Korean pop, uh, K-pop, and drama and everything like that. So that has sort of thrown my schedule out a little bit uh, this week, but I'm super excited for that to go live. Uh, So I'll share that with you guys when it is available. But that is part of the reason why the schedule is out. The other thing is it is the end of the year. This is the busiest time of the year for us, for Style Story as a business. Uh, Obviously, we've got lots of events and things like that planned. We've got holiday gift sets. We've got Black Friday. We've got Christmas. Uh, So just a busy time of the year all round. So I will have to drop the schedule of the show back to just one a week because I'm really struggling to find the time uh, to set aside and dedicate to uh, podcasting. Uh, And obviously the business does come first because I'm I'm kind of the lady in charge. So I need to be, you know, present and able to chat with the team and talk to everyone about what's going on. And podcasting, unfortunately, does take away from that. I don't get paid to podcast. This is just a free sort of thing that I do for you guys. Uh, but at, towards the end of the year, I am going to have to pull it back. So I apologize in advance for that. One other thing that I would love to ask your help with, I am planning on taking a little bit of time out at the end of the year as I did last year and this time for the first time ever I'm headed over to Canada. I've never quite made it over there but I'm going to be in the Toronto area so I would love our Canadian listeners to if you are from Ontario if you're from Toronto and anywhere around there hit me up with your suggestions. I want to know all the cool places. I want to know where to eat what to see anything that I should do when I'm in town. Please let me know come and find me on the gram. I'm at Lauren.kbeauty. I'm also going to be in New York after that as well, just to pop over and check out our Jelly Co offline uh, stuff. Obviously, we are offline now at CO Bigelow Pharmacies. They have a flagship store in New York City. So I'm really, really excited to go and check that out and go and, you know, have a chat to the team and all of that. So that is my plan for the end of the year. Uh, It's going to be a race to the finish. I have a bad feeling. It's already really creeping up. I can't believe it's November, but Anyway, I'll let me jump into it. But that's kind of been what is going on over here, why the show is a little bit late for this week. So please accept my apologies. Now, for our K-Beauty news, one of the things that popped up and caught my eye was that there are a lot of new 
patents being filed, being shared at the moment in Korea, and they're all to do with cosmetics and beauty kind of things. So 218 Korean patents as of May 2022. And I think the reason that this really caught my eye is because I was in a Facebook group the other day and uh, a lady in there who is not Korean was basically saying K-beauty is a bit of a scam. They don't even have any new ingredients. They're, they're not doing anything, you know, innovative in the field. They don't have, uh, you know, I, I guess she was trying to suggest that there is no uh, research and development. That was what she said. There's no good R&D coming out of Korea. And I literally just had to laugh when I saw that. Just because a lot of this stuff doesn't get reported in English does not mean that there is not a whole heap of R&D going on. That is literally what most of the big manufacturers here, the OEM, ODM, uh, and a lot of research labs around the country are working on literally full time. Uh, And then I saw this in the headlines and I was like, oh God, you know, sometimes when you see just absolute rubbish online, you're like, I really want to go back and just, you know, get into it. But I was like, I won't. Why don't I share it with people that I know actually care about this kind of stuff? So looking at the patents that were released for May 2022, there is such a wide range of different topics that are being worked on, that are being researched. Anti-inflammatory and atopic, so dermatitis, was the largest with 17 cases or patents, followed by 14 in the fields of moisturizing, then anti-aging antioxidant. There were 13 in the field of UV blocking and complex efficacy. 12 in the field of skin whitening, which you know has a lot more to do with skin tone and brightening dull skin and dark spots than it does with, you know, we're not talking about products that contain bleach or anything like that. Growth uh, of hair, hair loss and hair loss prevention, obviously wrinkle improvement, anti-aging is always a big one, skin improvement, emulsification, surfactants. So these are all the kind of things that people are actively working on here, trying to develop new ingredients, new technologies. Uh, There were lots and lots of different ingredients, lots of different companies that were announcing what they had been working on with a whole range of different uh, ingredients. Just some of the ones that that caught my attention, mulberry bark, a mixed extract of noni and parsley, bifidus ferment, uh, lots and lots of different things, bottle grass extract. A lot of the ingredients uh, that people are trying to work with will be native to Koreans. In the wrinkle improvement field, there was one with perilla seed oil, oak fruit oil, frog claw extract, lots of really interesting things, abalone derived peptides. Uh, so they're just a couple that sort of really caught my attention. But basically, if you hear people saying, that K-Beauty is all smoke and mirrors and that they're not actually actively working on anything. That just could not be further from the truth. A lot of people are doing research into new drugs, new ingredients, new ways of making cosmetics all the time. They're filing patents for them. All of these kind of things are happening. It just doesn't get a lot of airtime in the English language. And, you know, why would it, I guess? The companies that are most likely to tell you about this stuff, the companies that are working on it, and a lot of them are selling directly to brands. So they don't need to put this in a newspaper, certainly not in the English language, to sell the products that they're working on, sell the the new ingredients that they're patenting. Uh, But I just thought that was a really, yeah, uneducated 
position to take. I'm always very skeptical of people that have strong opinions about K-beauty, but they don't speak any Korean. Uh, People that are trying to tell you, you know, either that it's just, you know, a waste of time and they that they're not based here, or even people that try, are trying to tell you they do know something about it, but they can't speak Korean, they can't research any of the stuff in their native language, you know, it's not the same thing. Um, they're, they're basically just reporting everything then secondhand, thirdhand, and that's why you tend to get the same news over and over again, and just like a roundup of the best Korean beauty products ever, and, you know, they don't necessarily have anything to do with what's going on here. It's just because it's different, it doesn't get reported the same way. Uh, And a lot of the stuff that I share with you guys is stuff that I have directly translated from Korean into English. Uh, So that really gets my goat up, as you might be able to tell when I hear people saying that. Because I'm just like, it's just, you can't fight with stupid is the other thing. You know, trying to fight facts with, you know, stupidity. It's just a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe to get your blood pressure up. So I try not to bother and just let it go, let it slide and share it with people that I know are actually interested in it. Now, the other thing, and this one did catch my eye, I must say, uh, was that there was an article talking about the rise of gender-free products. And the reason that this kind of caught my attention is because Korea is a long way behind other parts of the world when it comes to equality, when it comes to things like uh you know, gay rights when it comes to a lot of different progressive things. And the idea of gender free, I can almost guarantee you for most people just does not exist here. So I was a little bit keen to see this getting airtime. It piqued my interest. And what they were saying is that cosmetics that emphasize the concept of gender free are coming out because they are, you know, made for people that value diversity and inclusion. And they were also talking about the difference between unisex products and gender-free and arguing, well, is there a difference between the two? So they went through uh, the searches on Naver Shopping and most of the wo- most of the products that were gender-free cosmetics were also using the word unisex at the same time. So kind of combining them in together. But the concept of unisex really is that male and female products uh, you know, you could, they, they can be used by either males or females without distinguishing between the gender of the consumers. But gender-free, gender-neutral or genderless is a little bit different because it's talking more about excluding gender restrictions wherever possible. Uh, and, you know, this Korean article was saying that it, it really places more value on me, like myself, the concept of myself, rather than gender or age or anything like that. Now, a lot of Western beauty brands are doing this, are working in this space at the moment. Jared Leto has a new beauty line. Brad Pitt, I think, is calling his one uh, gender neutral. Skin by Kim Kardashian, Scarlett Johansson has one, Harry Styles has one that are all emphasizing uh, gender neutral. But there are some Korean brands doing the same thing as well. Uh, Redure, one called QUA-T, and they have begun to introduce products that people can 
use. Uh, apparently even Tony Moly has a genderless line. So that I was really interested to see getting a little bit of airtime in the Korean language. Uh, but they are saying that in order for it to become a trend in the domestic market, they're going to need to really do their research so that they can satisfy the needs of customers that share these values. Uh, this would not be mainstream by any stretch. So I'd be interested to see if this does really take off uh, just because Korea is a very, very conservative society. I often say to people, if you have a look where the States is at the moment, in many key areas uh, for a lot of big ticket items, Korea will be... <laughs> 30 to 50 years behind uh, in the way that people are thinking like it's not anywhere near as progressive in in terms of rights for a lot of people even discrimination is still legal here uh, which a lot of people find really crazy uh, that there is no you can you can discriminate against a foreigner and say you're not allowed to come in and eat at this restaurant because you're white or you're Chinese that's totally legal uh, and a lot of foreigners have a lot to say about that because you know some people say well you know stuff them if they don't want us eating at that restaurant that's their loss uh, you know no, no one should be forced to open their business to someone and then other people are like that's really really wrong we should discourage that I definitely fall into that category I don't think it's right but it's entirely legal here and I've been refused entry at places before as well because I obviously don't look Korean uh, and it's a really it's not a nice feeling at all and obviously you don't want to give your, your money to a business like that but at the same time that is the conversations here in Korea are very very different to the conversations that are going on in a lot of other cultures and societies uh, acceptance and the idea that people that look different belong here is not uh, not the norm uh, it's a really common question for people to ask me when are you going back to Australia like okay <laughs> well I've been living here for nearly seven years now I'm not planning to go back anytime soon like is that okay uh, it's just a very very different way of, of thinking about stuff so the idea that even that they're talking about gender-free cosmetics in the Korean language I was like whoa okay <laughs> so I thought I would share that one with you guys as well just because it's a little bit interesting I don't know if that will become a big trend I would be interested to see, but I can't see that becoming really big, to be honest. I just, I don't see that it having enough of a critical mass here to warrant a lot of brands jumping into it. But that's, uh, by the same token, a lot of brands are already following a really minimalist kind of uh, philosophy for their packaging and their ingredients, you know, trying to lean into clean beauty. So maybe they could try and market that as gender neutral, genderless, gender free. Not sure. I would be surprised. Let's keep an eye on it and see what happens. Now for this week's question of the week, we actually had uh, a customer email us and asked, uh, do we ship our products to the UK? And of course we totally do. We actually have a lot of customers in the UK at the moment. The other question she had was the, what's the deal with customs? So customs and duty are levied by the UK government. They're dictated by them as well. That's not something that we have uh, control over. So once we ship the parcel out to you, uh, then, you know, you'll have to take care of the, the customs and duty, but we do actually offer free international shipping. 
shipping. Uh, go and check that out if you are interested. It's over a certain amount. Uh, it's the dollar amount we calculated in USD just to make it easy for everyone because most people have a, some idea of the value of the US currency against their own. Uh, but all of our final transactions and everything are in AUD. Uh, so I think uh, I think we charge around 13 US dollars for our international shipping if you are under the free shipping threshold. And then I think the, don't quote me on what the actual free shipping threshold is, but I'll include a link to it if you are interested. We do, we send our products all over the world. We've got a lot of customers in Canada, in Germany, in the UK. Uh, So go and check that out if you are interested. We probably have some products that you might find hard to find in other countries. Uh, So if you are wanting to get a hold of them uh, in a different country other than Australia, please feel free to. We've got free shipping available over a certain limit. Uh, And uh, it's about 13 US dollars if you're under that limit for international shipping. So I hope that helps. Now, Finally, I can share some of the new K-Beauty products. We've had a little bit of a, a lull, but things are slowly moving again. We're just in dribs and drabs, finally able to get hold of uh, new shipments. Although going into Christmas, we have already been told it is going to be a little bit of a nightmare. Australia Post is already forecasting massive delays to some states in Australia, like Western Australia. I think they're saying 16, something like 13 or 16 business days to get parcels from Sydney to WA. So just be aware if that if you fall into that category, get your get yourself moving, get into gear with enough time to spare so that you're not rushing for any last minute Christmas presents is what I would say. And that applies to everyone everywhere. I think you'll find there's still a few kinks in the old in the old chain. So the, the quicker you can get your stuff and have it sitting at home, the better so you don't have to stress. But on to the new products, we've got Solwasu's Concentrated Ginseng Renewing Serum, which is one of their newbies. This is a luxury Korean beauty product featuring encapsulated ginseng. So Solwasu is another Amore Pacific brand. They have many, many brands, uh, but this one is definitely on the luxury end of the the spectrum in terms of pricing and everything like that uh, and the cost of the, the raw materials that they're using. This is a gel type serum that targets fine lines, texture, tone, and it's designed to improve skin's overall look, feel, all of those sort of things. Ginseng is obviously a very, very precious herb that is very beloved in Korea and in Korean beauty. Solwasu has a long history of working with Korean ginseng. uh, So you'll find that in a lot of their products. So go and check that one out if you are looking for something very bougie. It's a beautiful looking product as well. It would probably be a really nice gift if you have, uh, you know, a mom or a mother figure in your life, maybe a mother-in-law that you're wanting to really impress. This is a beautiful product. It would make it a really nice gift. The other one we have is Solwasu's Essential Firming Cream. And again, this is a luxury moisturizer that helps to fortify mature skin. So they are using a trademarked ingredient called Jisun Firming Complex that's aiming to really moisturize and take care of the skin's 
firming net. And they've got a lot of these lovely hanbang and traditional Korean uh, ingredients in the formula as well. Things like black soybeans. They've got lysium Chinese fruit extract. They've got puraria lobata root extract. Uh, so go and check out our Solar Sue collection on stylestory.com.au if you are after something just a little bit special, uh, either maybe for yourself or a gift. Uh, if you're you know, trying to give something to a person that has everything, these would make a very nice addition to their skincare routine. Uh, and you know, they, it's probably not something they would have picked up themselves unless they're really into K-beauty. So those I can highly recommend as well. We've also had some new K-beauty reviews come through on the Style Story website. So the first one I'll share with you is a five-star review for Subi Bear Skin Balm. And our reviewer said, my makeup, my, oh my God, my makeup just melts off. Too many mamas. My makeup just melts off. The Subi Bear Skin Balm almost feels too decadent to be legal. My makeup literally melts off my face, leaving my skin feeling clean and fresh with a beautiful citrus scent. I've already stocked up on another tub. I love that. Uh, you can come and write for us, uh, our reviewer. Thank you for that. Too decadent to be legal. Love that. Uh, the other review we had was for Jellico's Cinnamon Toast Sugar Scrub Foam. And our reviewer said, as delicious as it sounds, I love this face scrub. Not only does it smell amazing, but my skin feels soft, clean, and moisturized after using it. I've been using this a few times a week and my skin is loving it. Uh, so thank you to everyone that has shared their review. Now for this week's recommendation of the week, I am going to share with you a podcast that I've been obsessed with for the last couple of years. And it's a podcast that went on hiatus basically because they were hot on the heels of this criminal. The, pro the name of the podcast is The Missing Crypto Queen. Uh, and it tells the story of a lady called Dr. Ruja Ignatova, and she basically was the head, spearheaded this pyramid scheme that defrauded investors out of $4 billion, which is considered to be one of the largest in history. The company that she was running was called OneCoin, and it was a cryptocurrency. So one of these things that lots of people have been talking about, lots of people have been investing in. Uh, so obviously it's a bit of a true crime podcast. The story is ongoing. It's by Jamie Bartlett of the BBC, and it is fascinating. Uh, my brother and I are big into uh, true crime podcasts, and we always share if we get a new one. And I literally, as soon as I saw that they had dropped some new episodes after literally like a two year break, might I add, like we were hanging out for this. I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's back quickly. And we both got onto it. It's really, really well done. Uh, and it's just fascinating. It's fascinating because they managed to set it up to look like a real business selling educational materials for trading. And you were able to buy into the packages by buying these coins, this one coin, like they were tokens. So they were trying to make it look like it was a legitimate cryptocurrency, but it actually wasn't. It was a centralized currency hosted on their own servers. And after they had conned, literally people 
people all over the world into buying this one coin. The people that set it up seemingly disappeared. Uh, and I won't spoil it, but obviously the, the investigation is still ongoing. So it's, you know, a crime in progress. And I believe that Ruja Ignatova is in on the FBI's list of the top 10 most wanted people by the FBI. So this is a fascinating story. So many twists and turns. Uh, it involves like a, a range of different countries like Bulgaria. I think they were in Germany. They've been in Dubai, uh, America, obviously. So if you're into stories about greed, deceit, uh, you know, uh, crypto, if you if this is something that you have a special interest in or maybe you are investing in it too, they, I think they even talk through at one point, you know, how a, a blockchain currency is supposed to work and then how this was actually set up, which was totally different. I absolutely love this podcast. I'm following it along. So if you are a podcast fan who likes a little bit of true crime, a little bit of mystery and intrigue, definitely download that one. I absolutely love it. Uh, it has nothing to do with Korea, obviously. This is just my, my little recommendation for something a little bit different. So I'm going to wrap it up there for today. But for our next episode, I'm going to be doing something maybe slightly controversial, and that is talking about some of the Colt K-Beauty products that did not work for me. These are products that other people rave about, other people love. And for me, for what, for a variety of reasons, which I will go through on the episode, they just didn't work out. So if that sounds like something that you would like to listen to, then please make sure that you stay subscribed. I would love to have you join us for that. Uh, if you haven't already left your review for the show, uh, a little little please from me to please do that. I would love to read it out as well. But I will leave it here for today and be back with that episode for you later in the week. All right. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. And until then, I will see you on Style Story. Style Story.